Welcome to Raising Up Cops, the podcast about raising Coptic kids in Western culture. I'm Laura, your host with my lovely co-host, Madonna. How are you, Madonna? I am doing fine. Actually, I'm really tired, if I'm being totally honest. I'm really tired, but I'm good. Madonna and I woke up very early this morning and recorded a podcast with our besties across the seas, um, Marette and Marina of the Mommy Podcast. Oh, I love that bestie across the sea, besties across the seas. Oh, I like that. Do you not, my poetic soul? You are a poet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in order to record with them, as you might remember from the episode, we just probably recorded for you with them. uh, We have to wake up very early to record. We have to be people ready at 7 a.m. Not just awake at 7, but people ready. Yes. At 7 a.m. And let me tell you how I spent my night preparing for this. Um, I spent the entire night waking up every hour checking if I didn't accidentally oversleep and miss the recording for whatever reason. And that's how I prepare for big events. How about you? Do you do that or are you normal? (laughs) No, I tend to do that as well. For some reason this time, I had a slightly different experience. I set an alarm. So I felt like, okay, I set an alarm. It's going to be okay. I can trust the alarm to go off. But then the family kind of woke up earlier because it's the last week of school and things are hectic. And then I had to go back to sleep. Like they woke up at 5.30 and then I had to go back to sleep a little bit. But then that's really when I panic. Like when I wake up and then go back to sleep, you don't know Mm. how long that second sleep is going to be. Thank God we all made it. But you guys have to listen to that podcast. It's going to come out. I don't know when. I didn't ask. But soon. um, on It's the next episode. So soon. Yes. Um, It was really good. It was about pregnancy and fears of being pregnant and fears of becoming a parent. And we had a lot of fun recording it. Yeah, it was great. Can't wait for it to come out so we can hear it too. (laughs) We had so much fun recording it. We decided to hop on and record another episode. (laughs) That's right. So Laura and I have not been, um, we haven't recorded in what, like a month now? It feels like it. Yeah, I think we skipped two because because we're also co-recording. Like we co-recorded with the mommy podcast and then we did it again but then in between we kind of you were on vacation yes yes so laura and i usually um record every other week and so in the on week i was on vacation so it ended up being a lot of weeks back to back of not recording um but yes we were on vacation we went to utah um but we decided that since it's summer and we are all about to end school and people are about to embark on their vacations and all this stuff, we said, let's chat about what it's like to vacation with kids. <laughs> um, Laura, your kids are older. Can you remember the last vacation you took with them and how that went? Last vacation. Oh, I mean, what counts? COVID messed everything up. Let's talk about the first big vacation. Okay. Sure. When my son, oh, when my son was eight months old. Oh, wow. So my daughter was five and eight months. We went on a cruise to Alaska <gasps> with an eight month old on a boat in Alaska, which is like a foreign country. I'm just going to put that out there. Alaska is a foreign country. We were not prepared for the weather. We thought that an Alaskan summer would be like a Florida winter. It was colder. <laughs> oh, the Floridians go to Alaska. Yeah, what an adventure. <laughs> that was fun. Um, it was great. I, so I think people were shocked, shocked that we took this baby on vacation. 
I, I think people were not expecting that, but really? we're big on travel. What about you? No. So I took, um, when Elise was only, oh, it was shockingly also eight months old. When Elise was eight months old, we went to Egypt. Um, and that was awesome. She did better than any of the grownups because basically we got on the flight and I think I actually think this was a grace from God because we were so nervous. And let me tell you, I overprepared for that flight and had so many things to help hopefully keep her entertained. But she slept a majority of the flight and then ate, played a little bit and then went back to sleep. And it was fantastic. And then um, actually being there was great. I, I was still nursing at the time, so I wasn't worried too much about her food. And then whenever she did try food, I tried to go for like the stuff that I knew. Um, but all of us ended up with our stomach hurting for either the water or something. And she was the only one that was fine. So I was very thankful. It was not too hard to travel with her. And you know, in Egypt too, like our seats are optional. Like <laughs> <laughs> how you said that it's like a big sigh oh. it was a big sigh car seats so are what month did you go because I took Michael I think he was he had to be under two I thought he was gonna get heat stroke that child was dying in that heat. I think we went in like May smart um so it wasn't it wasn't like the dead of of summer but um she was she was fine with the heat because we were living in Georgia at the time, which we say is like the armpit of the devil. Like it's always humid and hot year round, which doesn't make any sense. Um, so I felt like she was mildly prepared for that part. But um, I will say there were a lot of people that were like, why would you take your baby on such a long flight across the country to a place where you don't know if the food is going to be okay for them and the, the sand and the dust and the air pollution and all that stuff. Listen, they've got babies there. Okay, they have babies there that are surviving. And yes, it's different because they've been there their whole lives. But we spent so much time worrying. And let me tell you, we traveled with a pharmacy. We traveled with a pharmacy. And I don't regret that because if we would have needed it and didn't have it, we would have been really upset. So we really, really, really did our homework and prepared in order to take our baby with us to Egypt. And we took as much as we could that would make her comfortable. But she was the easiest one. She kind of was just happy as long as she was being held. And let me tell you, when you go, when you go visit your family in Egypt, there is no shortage of people that want to hold and entertain your baby. And so you don't even, you're not even parenting like <laughs> at that point. Um, which works there, but vacationing somewhere where you don't know people and you're totally on your own is a completely different ball game. So I'm sure Alaska was a bit more challenging. Um, it had its own challenges for sure. Yeah. And then I would say the most recent vacation was pre COVID. We were invited to a, an engagement in London. So we were in great Britain in England. We stuck to England, um, in October before October 2019 before you know everything everything <laughs> uh, that was fantastic too because I just think travel is so good for children it's so good for them to get out and see the real world and to do it with you instead of like a field trip or whatever like family vacations whether they're national international across the street I don't you know that parts we could talk about that but uh, any time that they spend with you outside normal routine is so valuable, so valuable. So we went to um, Utah, um, was it almost two weeks ago now? 
first of all, let me tell you, I, when you hear Utah, if you don't know about Utah, you're like, why is anybody going to Utah? Because it seems like it's one of those places that has nothing, but they have tons of national parks there that are very, um, scenic, like beautiful, beautiful scenery all the time, everywhere you go. So we started out only going because Danny had a work trip there and, um, it was, it was going to be a two day work trip. But our friends, our dear friends had just gone to visit all the national parks there. And I had been like, it's been on the back of my mind. Maybe we should do a trip like that. And let me tell you, we are not outdoorsy people. We are not typically enjoying nature hikes as like our, our days off. We're not, we're not those kinds of people. But when I saw their pictures and when I heard their, about their travel, I was inspired. Um, and they had kids that were roughly the same age as ours. And so when I found out that Danny was going, I was like, I think that we should go with you and make a trip out of this. So we started researching and looking at all the different things. And I'm going to go ahead and say up front, it was an incredibly expensive trip. <laughs> it was, and it was logistically very difficult because all the places you want to visit in Utah are not right next to each other. You travel long distances between the different parks in kind of the middle of nowhere. And on top of that, we are not normally outdoorsy people. So we ended up having to invest in a lot of gear ahead of time for hiking in all these scenic and natural places. So it was a, it was a big expense. Okay. But we also had the benefit of not having traveled for about three years now because of COVID and um, it'd been a while. So we had the luxury of being able to, to spend that kind of money on something like this. And then you think, well, why didn't you just go across the country and I mean, sorry, go into an international trip and, and do something different, go outside of America? Well, going to national parks was like traveling to another country because it was like, quite honestly, topographically, it's totally different from where we live. And the kids have not seen and we have not seen places like the places that we visited. And it was totally worth it. It was difficult. There was a lot of walking. There was a lot of complaining about the heat and the walking. But every time we got to the summit of wherever we were going, every time that we saw the, the overlook of the places we were trying to visit, there was no shortage of shock value and awe and being inspired by God's creativity, his artistry, the colors, the structures of the rocks and the, the trees and all the things were amazing. So we thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it, even with all of the hard parts of it. I think I'm like really good at complaining during vacation and then being like, that was the best thing ever when it's over. I think that's like my specialty. And I was talking to Abuna about that yesterday. I was saying, was it yesterday? Day before yesterday. What I was saying, what is wrong with me? Why do I get so intensely freaked out before we do a trip? Like what's, what is wrong with me? And he said something that I was like, you, you got this, you've got me really dialed in that something like this, any kind of like big trip like that requires you to accept this level of uncertainty. You're not used mm. to like accept that you have no control over what's happening and for me as someone who really likes to be in control who's very protective and who like wants to make sure everything is going to go well and like feels responsible for everything even the weather <laughs> <laughs> you know um something like a big trip and, and I love what you said about like 
big trips do not have to be out of the country because the United States is huge and every yes. state is a completely different culture. I mean, completely different. So whatever, I, that's one of the major perks of being in the US. But yeah, we just get, I get so freaked out about control. And I think we got to learn, we've got to learn to let go and just be like, we're going to do this and it's going to go how it's going to go. And then honestly, it's going to be fantastic. (laughs) Well, here's my question, Laura. Does your dynamic with your spouse and your family change when you're on vacation or does it stay roughly the same? I ask for a specific reason. And that is that, um, because of the expectations that I had set for how our days would look like, it's kind of the same idea. I had like a very specific plan for how we would spend our day because of, I was trying to control when we would have breaks, when we would eat, when we would go to the bathroom, when we would do this, because I was thinking we're going to be out in the middle of the wilderness and we needed to have a lot of, you know, um, things planned out, whatever, all of this stuff. So when we went to start our, you know, days, Danny and I were not getting along <laughs> because to, to, well, to start off, he's not a morning person anyway. And I was, I, and I am, and I was like, we need to get our day started right at the get-go. Okay. Crack of dawn. We need to be up and ready to go. We do our first hike of the day. We come back to the hotel, we eat our lunch, we take a break, and then we do our second hike and come back in time for dinner. That to me would be a perfect day. Well, we had also with us, my in-laws, who are elderly, but they're in good shape, thank God. And um, and we had our obviously our toddler kids, right? Well, pre- I mean, at least it's not a toddler. Say, well, yeah, it's not at least a it's toddler not a toddler. Know, oh my gosh, so bad. I'm like still toddlers, but six and four. But mm-hmm. still, their 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 stamina is good. But they like whatever the case may be. The problem is, is we were ending up having to go to sleep really late at night because of all the driving. And by the time we checked into our hotels, so we wouldn't go to sleep until probably like 10. So waking them up at like six to get up for a hike was not really an option. But in my head, I was like, that is off our schedule. That's not going to work. Okay. So I would get up and everybody would still be asleep and I'd have to stay quiet. And let me tell you that waiting in the morning for everyone to wake up is the longest couple of hours And it's the most annoying couple of hours because I'm sitting here going, oh my God, everyone needs to get up and wake up like immediately. Let's go. Okay. And then on top of that, everyone's like, I have to use the bathroom and I want to eat and I want to pack my bag and I want to do the thing. And it's, and I'm one of those people who's like, chop, chop, get it moving. I don't care. Like leave half the stuff. It doesn't matter. We need to get up and we need to get out. Danny, and his family are very calculated and they like to make sure that everything is in proper order before they leave. Everyone's used the bathroom 14 times before we leave. So we don't have to go on the trip. Everything like everyone's eating a really good breakfast. We're not packing a bunch of snack. Like it's a whole thing. And so we were not seeing eye to eye. And it, the first couple of days before we started our hikes, we were not starting off on a good foot to be perfectly honest. And it wasn't until Danny like had to basically put me in my place and was like, can you please just stop? (laughs) Because you're the only one that's being taskmaster. Everyone else is fine with this pace. You're and you're the only one that's not. So who should bend? And I was like, gosh, darn it. I don't want to bend because I don't like the schedule. But when I released that control, it definitely went smoother. I was 
not thrilled. I'll be honest. I was still not thrilled, but it was more enjoyable because I was not fuming in my own brain and I was not uh, exuding that anger onto everyone else also. Well, I think we have a similar, similar, it's different. Okay. So we discovered early on, I'm talking like on the honeymoon that Abuna likes to get stuff done. Like he likes to like go to the museum and go through everything in the museum or go through, go to wherever we are going and just do all the things. And for me, that's like the opposite of a vacation, a vacation. I should be able to relax, have a really good meal for an hour at a cafe, like sit in front of like a picnic area and just like look at nature like I'm contemplative and he likes to get things done and so it always makes for a little bit of like confusion of like of expectations I mean I remember Disney we had paid for three tickets and we did day one and day two at his pace and day three we couldn't even go like we had paid for the day and we could not go because the rest of us were so exhausted because we cannot yeah. keep up with his like just intense ability to like, and like I call him the energizer bunny. He just like does everything at a hundred percent all the time. Wow. He's amazing. It's uh, great for the service. It's not good for my need to sit and look at the trees <laughs> <laughs> or like, even like if I go to a museum, I don't, I don't like tour guides. I don't like walking with a tour guide. I don't like listening to the tour guide, explain things. If there's a tour group, I like to be like, way over on the other side I might listen to the tour guide but I want to be looking at a different painting and using my own brain to think about the so I don't think it's necessarily the same but I think it's a very similar idea of like different people have different expectations of vacation they have different understandings of how it should go and they have different energy level or energy management abilities right like, and they marry each other and they marry each other <laughs> and then they have vacations <laughs> i found that in i found that in almost all the couples i talked to they were like yes the, uh, she is more like the take your time and i'm the go 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 or he's more of the whatever and i'm the i, I was like what do we, okay i i forgot this so normally our vacations are very straightforward. We're on a beach and we're hanging out. And so for me, those days, I don't care if you spend all day doing nothing because there's nothing to see. You're here to enjoy the beach. That's fine. But when you paid thousands of dollars to travel across country, you're on a schedule because if listen, if you miss it, you miss it. We're not coming back. Okay. We're not going to do it again. So it needs to be done like now. And so the thing is that that Danny proved to me, though, is we didn't not do anything that I wanted to do. We just didn't do it at my pace. Mm. So it was more of a, a control thing for me because I wanted it to be done at a certain pace that I thought was going to be the best. And secretly, I still think that my way would have been better. But, <laughs> but it worked out, I think, is the is the takeaway. It did work out. It didn't look the way I wanted it to, but it worked out. We did what we needed to do. And honestly, slowing down our pace probably is what gave us stamina to last the 10 days of hiking that we did. Because otherwise, if we would have gone at my pace for the first three days, it's exactly like what you just described with Abuna. You wouldn't have been able to do your last, our last few days. And we were exhausted even at our slow pace by the last of it. Now, all this to say really is, is it worth it to vacation with our kids? Is it worth it? I heard a quote that is vacationing is just taking your kids, taking care of your kids in a different city. And that is true in many ways, but they've experienced something that 
you cannot replicate in the comfort of your home or in the comfort of your, your, what you're, what you already know near you. And you talked about the dynamic changing, um, between you and your spouse, but the dynamic for us now that the kids especially are older, but we always set it up this way that when we're on vacation, our dynamic with our kids changes as well. We make them equal partners in the vacation, everything. So they help out. They help carry their bags. If we're going to the airport, they help plan where we're going to eat, like which restaurants we should go to. They help, um, make decisions, carry weight, do vacation chores. I I mean, I had some in my head, but now I'm blanking, but like there are vacation, like who's going to hold the map and tell us which way to go. It's not going to be me. It's going to be you. We just, it's such an opportunity for them to step up and, and they do, and they always Mm. exceed our expectations when we give them that space and that opportunity to be like equal helpers. And we did, we bent the rules too, uh, on this vacation. So like normally we're super selective about the food that our kids eat and we're selective about making sure they get their proper nutrition and all that stuff. And, um, Danny, especially is very careful about the prepackaged snacks that we get. He, he cares about the, the dyes and he cares about the preservatives and he cares about all that stuff. But when, since we knew we were going to be walking for an extended period of time, doing something that we'd never done before, we knew we needed motivation. And so we threw most of the rules about food out the window and we're like, whatever will keep you going. That's fine. You need a bag of Skittles, eat the bag of Skittles. Actually, we didn't do Skittles because we're not for Skittles, but you know, something like that. (laughs) It's full of sugar, but whatever, this helps you to keep going. That's fine. And so I think a lot of the times too, it's good for the kids to see your flexible side a little bit. It's good for them to, to um, understand that different situations require different circumstances, sorry, different circumstances require different rules sometimes. And um, it's good for them to see that you have to be able to bend with whatever's going on around you. It's not like, yes, we follow, you know, a rigid schedule some days, and there are certain rules that we can't break in certain things, but sometimes you can't help it and you have to, and that's okay. And I think that that, um, our, our kids obviously were thrilled because of the, the rule bending. Cause we also bent our rules a lot about screen time. For example, normally our kids are only allowed to watch on Fridays and we do like a movie night, but now, you know, on the plane ride there for the five hours that we were on that plane, they watched the entire <laughs> plane ride because we knew that that was, what's going to help them, um, endure that long seated time. And they were they loved it. They were so happy. Of course, of course, who wouldn't love that? Speaking of lots of routines change too. So if we're talking about like younger kids, a friend of mine just came back from a three week vacation with babies, you know, tiny, tiny toddlers. And they, I mean, she's freaking out about like nap times and like wake up and like, because everything goes out the window, right. When you're on vacation or when you're at your grandma's house or whatever, you can't get that same, like, okay, the three hour afternoon nap that you have worked so hard to establish, right? Or that early bedtime, seven or 8 a.m., sorry, seven or 8 p.m., that you're used to putting them to bed while well, on vacation, jet lag or whatever, mm. everything is messed up. They go to bed super late, like you were saying, by the time they get to wherever. And so, you know, that adds a layer of stress if you're thinking about it in advance. But what I was telling her yesterday is, actually kids are really good at getting back into routine too. Like it's good to be flexible and allow vacation time to be vacation time, but you can take 
it'll just take like, you know, two or three days for them to get back into the daily routine of, okay, all right. Yeah. I have a nap time. Now I have this. Now this is when we used to eat. Okay. We're back on that schedule again. So don't let like, don't let obsession with maintaining the old rules or like the everyday rules stop you from going on vacation. It's okay if they can't take the nap exactly when and how they do at home. Actually, that's part of their growth, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. And I, I know that um, our friends gave us advice before we started. And they said, and I'm going to say this in Arabic. I'm sorry, because there's no like good way to say it otherwise. But it's, it, his advice was, push through the araf. <laughs> you notice that is like push through the problems, push through the whatever. And, and so they kept telling us when you go on these hikes, the kids are going to complain and they're going to say that they don't want to do it. And they're going to say like, they're tired. You're going to be tired and you're going to be tired. They're complaining and the whole thing push through the araf because right when you think you want to stop, you're going to miss out on the end part that you want to get to. So keep going and then you'll be glad you did it. And I'm so glad that they told us that and prepared us for that, because if we didn't, I think we would have given up many, many, many times ahead of time and probably missed out on the view. And I wrote a I wrote a post about this on my Instagram. And I said, I think that this is what God is exactly asking of us and saying of us. He never promised it would be easy, but he promised it would be worth it. And I can say that I experienced that firsthand in Utah, that each day and after all of the logistics and all of the back and forth and the walking and the tired and the looking for food and not finding the food you want. And there's so many things that could have happened and that did happen. Um, overall, our takeaway was what an awesome, awesome vacation. What a great. Actually, I also take that back. This was not a vacation. It was an adventure. Vacation is relaxation. That was not what this was, (laughs) but it was an adventure and the kids grew from it. And they're now also inspired to be even more active outdoors than they were. And so are Danny and I, which is great. Our takeaways were all good things. And yes, it took about, I'd say it took about three or four days for us to get back into like our sleep habits. When we got back, I would just suggest that you plan for that. Like if you're going to take a week vacation, make it a week and a half vacation from work. So that way that last half is just you being home and undoing everything that you just did. You know, Um, I remember I took a group of middle schoolers hiking back when we lived in Virginia. And I remember they were whining like the whole way up the mountain. And I was like, you are so going to regret wasting all this time whining because I'm telling you, by the time you get to the top, you're going to be so happy. So just quit the whining now, dial it down. Mm. Because when you get to the top, you're going to be like, oh, Laura, I did it. you were so right. I shouldn't have been complaining the whole way. And it happened. We get to the top and yes. they're like, oh, Laura, you were so right. We have been, <laughs> you know, it was like literally. And I feel like, you know, I talking about outdoorsy. We were outdoorsy. We, we, Abuna and I were very like, we, I love hiking. Hiking is amazing. I love it so much. And we live in Florida now and it's flat. And every time my kids are like, oh, we just don't like the outdoors. I feel like a part of me is being like ripped out. Like, I, mm. <laughs> how did I raise these like air conditioned children? Like, <laughs> that happened. <laughs> you know, we were watching. What were we? Who was I even with? I don't remember the context at all, but there was something where some kid. Oh, I remember I had my um, AP world history class or my English class. They watched the chosen and they watched the episode where the little girl it's like episode three the little girl is like leaves the house and she goes to play in the woods 
and the, and these kids that are high schoolers are all sitting around and they're like, that's realistic. What you just let her leave the house and run off into the woods. And I was like, yes, that's what we used to do. What yes. are you talking about? <laughs> of course she can go run in the woods by the house. What are you talking about? Like, oh my so for me, I'm just like, my kids can't even like, they can't even adventure in their own neighborhood, you know, mm. because of the way that neighborhood dynamics have changed. I don't know, maybe it's different where you are, but where we are, everybody's in their own house and you don't really leave your house and that's it. Like there is no like neighborhood community, like getting to know the neighbors and playing with the neighbor kids. It just doesn't happen for us. And so, um, no, but that's the is challenge to do that. Yeah. But that's the challenge, Laura, because actually our neighborhood, well, first of all, we're in the city, so we don't have, we have to drive to trees. Okay. So it's not like great <laughs> in terms of the, the being in touch with nature part, but our kids in this neighborhood actually do all play together and they're constantly together. But let me tell you something. I'm not comfortable with it. I'm not comfortable with sending my kids out. And I think that was one of those challenges of, um, being Coptic in the Western culture, because they are all okay with a lot of things that I would not be okay with. And and they all go unsupervised. Granted, they're all a tad older. They're probably like late elementary school. But even if I can't imagine letting my nine-year-old roam this neighborhood with the group of kids here and whatever conversations they're going to have, whatever trouble they're going to try to get into and me not know about it, or not that my child doesn't tell me things she does, but she's not going to even think about telling me about these things because for them it's like a normal conversation you know there's so many things about it that scare me that have nothing to do with um the world is different the world yeah the is world different. is different and yeah. so I guess my my one of my goals and this is actually something that a mentor parent has told me um and a mentor parent for people who don't know it's basically people that I saw that had kids that I wanted my kids to be like and I basically just asked them all the questions about raising kids and what do you do and what do you not do um, but one of the things that they said was your, your goal is to make it so that your kids want to hang out with you when they don't have to hang out with you. And, um, and that is a hundred percent my goal. So when we plan these vacations that are for fun, that are, even if we say they're kid centric or not kid centric, but they're coming with us and experiencing new things. And we are opening the world for them. They know that we are part of the fun. We are not only the rigid taskmasters at home that do the chores and do the school and do the whatever. No, we are part of the fun and therefore they're not going to be um, seeking it in wrong places. Now that's not to say that I want my kids to be attached to my side and never experience anything on their own, but at the age that they're in now, I want them to receive the tools for experiencing things on their own from me, not from other kids who also don't know what they're doing until they're of age to make those decisions themselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, for us, it was different. I mean, we, what did we do when we were roaming the neighborhood? We went down to the Creek and watched the boys yes. fish. Like it wasn't like, <laughs> who knows what they're watching on what screen and what house now. <laughs> exactly. And they all have their own phones now. And it's even more complicated because all the things that you try to shelter them from in your house, they have so easy access to and again, that's not to say that we didn't get into trouble or talk unnecessarily or see things we shouldn't have seen when we were younger. We did, but it was not at the tip of our fingertips like it is now. Oh, it's so true. Yeah. And so and obviously so it's a so vacation is that freedom that the kids need to grow. Yes. That we don't have um, as readily ac accessible now. 
Yeah, exactly. Sure. Exactly. And so if you're, if you're one of those people who feels worried and about all of the things that you're going to have to plan for and take and travel with, and if it's going to work and if it's not going to work, you're going to need two things. You plan, but also stay flexible plan and stay flexible. I think those are my, and even though they seem contradictory, it, and, and by the way, our plans did have to change quite a bit while we were there, but it was like the flexibility came and it actually made our trip better. And it was still within our plan. So we had a general flow and direction of what we were doing and where we were going, but the timing changed and the locations maybe a little bit and what we were going to do and whatever. Um, so if you're one of those people who's worried about taking your kids on vacation, just try it. I think just try it and manage your expectations about it. Don't think that it's going to be like what you used to do when you were traveling on your own, or it was just you and your spouse and things like that. It's not going to be that level of, um, like a freedom that you had. However, it doesn't mean it's going to be a lesser fun than you've had. It'd just be different. And my mother gave me the best piece of advice, which is wherever you're going, there's probably a Walmart. And if there's a Walmart, you're okay. Yes. Whatever you need from the pharmacy, whatever diapers you might run out of. If where you're going, there's a Walmart check. Like you don't even need to stress about what you're packing. You need an extra pair of shoes. You need an extra pair of pants. You Whatever you need, it's there. So you can, um, you can make do with whatever with whatever you throw in the bag, it's going to yes. be fine. And that's what you try. In, and that's why I would recommend that you start traveling locally with your kids first, you know, and you'll learn what they need and what you don't need. And, and it's a whole thing. And yeah. So this all to say that I think we want to encourage you that you should do the thing with your kids, make them a part of your fun. Yes, I, there, there's a place and time for you to have your own kid-free vacation and things like that, but definitely don't leave them out of the fun. Include them in the vacations. It's worth it. And, um, and they're going to have those memories and say, our parents took us and did all these things with us. And maybe they'll start planning vacations and say, we're going to take our parents with us. And it'll be like payback, but in a good way, not in a vengeful way. <laughs> They'll take you on vacation. In the yes. yes. <laughs> well, with that being said, we are so happy that we were able to um, come together and record this podcast for you. It, hopefully you get some summer vibes for those of you who are summer listeners um, who are in the same seasons we are. And uh, yeah. And remember that you can always find these podcast episodes at raisingupcops.com. You can always reach us at raisingupcops at gmail.com and make sure to catch our episode on um, the mommy podcast, which we will post links to when it's shared as well. Raising Up Cops is a production of Coptic Dad and Mom. This podcast is hosted by Laura Michael and Madonna Lawindi. None of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the Coptic Orthodox Church or its hierarchy. These are our personal opinions, collective experiences, and organic discussions on selected topics. If you'd like to reach out with any questions or comments, you can reach us at raisingupcops at gmail.com.